Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast. Wait, why did you stop the song? The song stops. Play the end. Yeah, that's, that's the whole song. It's very short. It is it is designed for you, Gen Z young people who have no attention spans. And yeah, it was too long. Yeah, it was See? too long. It but long. play it again for the boomer. Isn't it, nice, isn't it nice to have all of us together again? In the it is, but Daddy, can you, can you scoochie up to your mic a little bit? Because I can't really hear yeah. you too well. Is that good? Yeah, it looks good, but I wonder if maybe you're using the wrong mic. We bought you. The show spent a pretty penny getting you a better mic because we know you're such a soft-spoken young man, and yet we can't really hear you that well. John and I... Okay, how is it? I've how's seen, it? Oh my gosh. I've seen Daddy's Penny Collection, and it no. is actually really pretty. Yeah. You can tell how much he values them. Well, now yeah. you sound too loud. Okay. So back away, back away. Now yeah. talk. Now how, you're perfect. perfect. Oh, now this is the daddy that that I love. Yes. Yeah. And here's the thing. These are the Cincinnati Bengals that we all love. They're yes. winning games. Winning the defense barely is winning closing. Games. The defense is closing. I wouldn't put them. it like that. I would put it like the defense is winning games and the offense is riding along on the back the way human beings used to ride animals and torture them and whip them. Our defense is carrying on their back the Cincinnati well, Bengals offense. And let me I, say something more controversial since I've already gotten you upset. I was telling this to Daddy on the phone the other day. He said, why don't you say it on the show? I said, if I say it on the show, they'll cancel me. But I'm going to say it on the show because I don't care. Cancel me. Which is yeah. this. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals offense is good. I don't think they've ever been great. I think they've been yeah. explosive, interesting. I think they've been well, fun to watch. I think yeah. the Joe Burrow era is great. Right. But I think this is the defense that carried us to the Super Bowl. This is the defense that carried us through last season. And I so, think it's the offense that's the problem. It's always been the problem. Yeah, and that it sounds like... Yeah. Is my Hoja school right? It sounds like what you're saying a is that, time. yeah, that the, that the Bengals don't have a good offensive system, and, and no, I did not say that. And the coaching, the coaching is to blame because no, I John, that's your thing. opinion, not mine. Well, opinion. John, let let us look at the numbers here. So we have from Kelsey Ann Conway, uh, she Hold has on. a tweet hold that on, she hold put on. out yes. yeah. now hold on her name is not kelsey ann conway there's kelly ann conway the, yeah. the, the who represents the, the fascist wing of our government and okay. there is kelsey conway who writes about football they are two right. separate people i i mean kelsey i see that you're right it's a l in the middle name maybe it's kelsey lynn conway there's kelsey something in conway and as you can see according to these numbers the Bengals are, are really not very good on any metric in terms of offense. They're 32 in passing yards per play. They're 32 in, in rushing yards per game. And 32, 32 out of how many? Out of how many? Out of John, how many? 32? Probably. I think out of you 32. Know, you don't know how many teams are in the NFL? I think I thought it was 34. It's 32. Uh, it's I 32. Was... So they're the worst. Why don't we just say the worst? in total yards per game, the worst in the rushing yards per game and the worst yeah. in passing yards per play. Why don't okay. we just say it like that? Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> we had, yeah. So anyways, so they're not very good. They're, they're not the very worst. good. Yeah. Oh, they're terrible. This is the worst yeah. offense in the NFL. Yeah. And you can't blame the little baby calf 
that everybody keeps blaming, that, that Joe Burrow's little baby calf. You cannot blame that. Can you, John? Because there's more, more to it than that. No. Well, no, he was really good against Arizona. The offense, was really good as a result, was was pretty good. Arizona doesn't have a good defense. Seattle's no. a better defense. Yes. Seattle's defense, though, was exploitable within their secondary. They're still a little banged up, and they've been prone to give up a lot of explosive plays. They've been prone to give up some good performances this year in the passing game, and it looked to be the case again against the Bengals. The opening script of that game for the Bengals was really good. The problem, though, I think... People kind of get lost in how efficient it was and the fact that they scored two touchdowns. Great. Obviously, great results. You'll take that 10 times out of 10. Sure. But Burrow was still kind of keeping things um, underneath the sticks, if you will. There was The ball wasn't traveling that far down the field. It was kind of what the game plan was. And that's an issue because his average depth of target in this game was 5.9 yards. And that was yeah. pretty much what it was in the first two drives when things were going well. And once he started to be a little erratic, he, he, his mechanics kind of fell off a little bit, and he started to just be generally inaccurate compared to the first two drives, the offense suffered from it. Now, obviously, there were a, a few mishaps with the offensive line, even though for the most part they played well. The run game in itself is still extremely one-dimensional, just running out of shotgun constantly. There's only like two or three run concepts that the Bengals have right now because they can't or they haven't gone under center, and defenses are just keen in on that extremely easy. So it just creates things more predictable the defense doesn't have to think as much and when you're not pushing the ball down the field on top of a run game that's not getting more than five yards in a single carry it leads to very bleh right bleh, like yeah. what, what, you know verbiage you can use there to kind of accentuate the point yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I i couldn't have said it better myself john but what about the larger point let's talk philosophically about this Bengals offense i don't think that this is the offense that people have been pretending that it is. I don't think this is this great offense. I don't think it was last year, and I don't think it was the year before. That's my so humble why opinion. why is that? Why is Be that? Why do I think that, or why, do, why are they like that? I think, Both. I think it's, it's a perfect storm of mismatches. Number one, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. He's great at, at, at you know, important moments, and he's good at, you know, when you need him to be good. That's true. But he's also easy to sack and that doesn't work on the Bengals offense he's a very easy quarterback to sack like you take a young Roethlisberger that was a hard man to sack you you know you take a Lamar Jackson there's a hard man to sack but if you have an easy quarterback to sack on a team that really isn't good at preventing that John. I think that's the formula for disaster and that's been the formula we've had for Hold many on. years John I feel like John you you saw the stats recently where they show the different quarterbacks, Joe Burrow is above average, I think, in sacks taken, right? He's doing he's doing much better this year. Well, in the first four weeks, he couldn't move, so it was easier to sack him then. Yeah. But we saw he's made a lot more plays with his legs in the past two weeks. He's extending plays, more plays. Now that's how you had the touchdown to Andre Yosevis, even if he wasn't really pressured at that time. There was that one play at the end of the second half where I think he held the ball for 10 seconds. He was running all over the place like a chicken with his, like a tiger. With his head cut off. Sorry, no, Hoji, yeah. for the visual. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but I was just making a point. Uh, he's looking more like the elusive and mobile version of himself. Yeah. The reason, but the primary reason why the Bengals' offense has not been as good this year is because Joe Burrow has not played that well. Now you can attribute the first four games to his calf, hundred percent. Against the Cardinals, he looked a lot better. Against the Seahawks, he looked a lot worse. It's not a coincidence that. One of them was a 14-point victory, and the other one was a four-point victory. Hold on. A lot worse. John, the first half, he looked pretty good. The second half, 
they, he was terrible. He was terrible. Well, he was terrible. How? I feel like the offense. He was inaccurate. How how how, how can a quarterback be terrible, Daniel? Other than there's a ball and you throw it in a direction and you're intending it to get to the where you want to send it. No, what I'm saying is, did he play poorly because, for instance, they were trying to protect the lead and they're playing conservatively and they just, they weren't, they were out of rhythm? Or do you think it's, again, he can't plant the foot as well as he used to be able to and he's not getting as much velocity on the ball? No, the velocity was there. Yeah, velocity. Yeah, inaccurate. that's what I'm was, saying. So, so I'm saying, yeah, it's the calf isn't an issue anymore. No, it's not. That, that's not. That's the, not the, what you were saying, the, though. Their offensive attack didn't really change at all from the first two drives compared to the next eight. Now you can put that on a lack of adjustments or whatever you want to say, any other type of uh, phrase that you kind of easily think of. But no, he was just he was just off. He was six for thirteen with an interception and two quarters of football. It's not really good. John, the next thing is this. Okay, so we have T. Higgins, who's been off. The whole season, we don't know what's going on there. Then he's just not in the rhythm with Joe Burrow. I'm surprised that we're not yeah. speculating because that's what we do on this show. Well, I'm, I I don't speculate, but do. I like to dismiss a lot of speculation out there. Like a lot of people are saying, well, he's upset about the contract. There we go. Little bit of that's that sweet, and... sweet speculation that I was hoping for. No, See, I, I knew, I knew, John. I, think, I knew, John, that even see, it's like a ghost. That you call its name, you say bitter juice, bitter juice, bitter juice. Speculation, 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 and the speculation will come from Dadio. But he phrases it in this passive-aggressive way. You see, some people so are saying, that's "Yeah, go fair. ahead." What are well, people saying, Dadio? Well, it's not even what they're saying; it's what no. they're writing, what they it's are, what they're thinking, what they're thinking. Yeah, John, it's the it's this basically this that there is a chemistry issue. And it's not just it's not just in the metaphorical sense. It is literally the chemistry, the bodies of Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Mike Brown. They are repelling each other after the contract. This is a this is a. Theory. I am very confused. Yeah, we all are, and we are seeing it on the field. And John, I mean, statistically, T. Higgins is having a very bad year. But he's not. He hasn't and been so, playing, right? Well, even when he was. I mean, he's played, what, four games, John? And they haven't been good. I mean, here's the thing. They, where did they go from here? Because for this offense, your, your understanding, a lot of people's understanding was this offense revolves around those three, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow. That's what makes this offense go. But T. Higgins is, is down. I mean, Jamar Chase is as good as ever, but T. Higgins is, is, you know, is out. Joe Burrow is, is still catching up. So where, where does this offense go from here? It only goes with those three. Let's be yeah. clear. Because obviously Trent Irwin is good at what he does. What he does is not that much in the grand scheme of things. Ultimately, if you play Trent Irwin for 60 snaps against good cornerbacks, they're not going to respect him. Like that, That's just what it is. And he can make a couple good catches underneath. The same thing with Tyler Boyd, who at this point doesn't look like the same athlete that he was, which is fair. He's 29 now. Um you cannot have one of those two guys as your number two option. The Bengals don't really have a tight end. Like, honestly, Irv Smith, in more senses, is playing like a ghost compared to T. Higgins, and that's kind of indicative of who Irv Smith has been for the most of his career. They don't have a legitimate receiving threat out of the backfield right now. Like, Chase Brown can be that. Joe Mixon kind of was that back in the day. Not really much anymore because he can't make a guy miss in the open field. They need T. Higgins to do well. I think it's unfortunate, though, that people are using what looks to be just a coincidence to me. Like, good players are allowed, not allowed, but like they do have just bad stretches at times. 
just because he was in he was negotiating a contract. He never held out. He never did any never said anything to the media like like Jesse Bates did a couple of years ago. There was no reason to think that T. Higgins was going to have the same distractions that you know Jesse Bates had two years two years prior to this. I think he he just didn't play well against the Browns because the Browns are really good. He had an amazing game against the Ravens. He had an off game against the Rams. He got injured against the Titans. He didn't play against the Cardinals. He's still injured now. I don't think he's a bad player, and I don't think that this is the best reason why we can be feel comfortable talking about Burrow and Higgins when they're not playing well because we know who they are. We know John, that they can play John, better. There you John, go. And John, 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 I had the chance as a journalist to sit down with T. Higgins. I don't know no. if the, the viewers got to see that. I episode. did that. You did? Yeah. A year ago. Oh, I did John. too. No, I did too. I actually was... sat with him. Yeah, I actually yeah. sat down with him. And, and I, I didn't? John. I was right next to you. him. This is not about you, John. Listen. I he, sat down with thing. him like a week ago. <laughs> And John. and John, I talked to him about what's going on in his life, and I know what's going and on in his life. And it broke him. No. He doesn't. He's, he's dealing with stuff. You know, have you guys ever tried to keep a starfish or an octopusy? I'm telling you, these things are hard. These, these aquatic not... animals. I have aquatic animals. I care for them I, on my Hoji estate. Thing. Here's the thing, John. Okay. Trading T. Higgins. You thought that it was impossible before. It's got to be a, a possibility now. No, John, he's not. He's not going to play on the tag with with his with that agent Mulegeta. You talking about trading him in two weeks at the deadline? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? How would that make sense? Because John, he he is not. He, I don't know if he. According to these things that we're reading, I don't know if he's really. You know, on the same page, and I, I don't know if that. Maybe maybe you can trade him. For some, you know, other assets on the offense. Like why? Why was wait? Hold on. Why was the reason why he wasn't traded in the first place? Answer me that. Yeah, I think he wasn't traded in the first place because the Bengals were hoping they would get some sort of amazing deal, and they mm -hmm. would get him at some bargain price, and then that became clear very late in the off season, and okay. then it was like let's just play him. And let's let's be a contender and have at least one more good year with this very important receiver. But now it doesn't seem to be working out for them. They're, they're not going to okay. get much out of them this year. Okay, that that answered half the question because obviously they have Teagans in their future plans. That's why they spent the entire summer negotiating with him. Oh, really? The reason why okay. he was the reason why he was never entertained as an actual trading option by anyone in the Bengals front office is because for a multitude of times over the course of several years as going far back as whenever this question has been asked, the Bengals have never been interested in making other teams better. So that was why yeah. Teagans was never an option right. to be traded. They value him way too highly for them to ever get an offer that would even, it would even cause them to move off. So now that it's six games into the season and he's been terrible for, for whatever reason, aside from the injury, they're not going to get anywhere remotely close to the value that they want from him now. They, they probably couldn't yeah. even get a first rounder for him now. So there's no way they would trade him. I see. Okay. So, well, how did they get him involved in the offense? How did they get him his head back he's in the game? He's got to play better. He's, dro he, he, he's dropping John, passes. He's, he's, never, he's, not he's never had a problem. He's never had a problem with drops. What is the current? What is the current listed uh, health problem? He's got a rib. He's heart, got a fracture. Broken hearts. A no, broken heart. No. And how do you heal a broken heart? The money. Told us. The money. told us. Yeah, money. money. 
exactly. money heals. You can't. You can buy me love. Mm-hmm. There Look, have been I, in, many instances where players ball out in a contract year when they're not paid yeah. yet. Right. So there's no this whole thing about, oh, I should be paid now. I'm not going to try. It makes no sense. He has the most incentive of all to try. Guys go through slumps. He's not greedy. He's not exactly. That's what I'm saying. You're implying that he is greedy. I'm trying to I'm trying to defend that. He's never had saying he's never had drops before. Jamar Chase never had drops in college. And he spends the first month of his NFL career dropping everything. It it just happens. That was misdirection. He was trying to confuse. He was trying to he wanted to start his, his career with a bang. I mean, and talk so he, about yeah. uh, talk, talk about misdirection. You know, the idea what he does is he lets these silent farts out, these these weird ideas. Then he stands next to them as if they were someone else's emissions, and he's like, "What? What? What is this? Why is it here? You planted the seeds, the stinky seeds of us thinking of of, of T. Higgins as anything less than a saint." That man, I had the chance, John, to sit down with T. Higgins as a journalist a few weeks ago and talk to him. And I got to know yeah. him one-on-one, and we're close now. And here's the thing. T. Higgins is a great player. He's part of the Bengals' magic, the offense. I agree. I think I don't see them get – I see them re-signing him for a big contract. I think my honest suspicion is that there's something in the Joe Burrow contract agreement that involves keeping both Chase and Higgins. And I think he wants both of them, and he sees them as essential parts of his, of his offense. John, okay. Let us let us move on. Yeah, let's move on. And I want to talk about the offense a little bit more. John, okay, so T. Higgins, we just hope he bounces back. Maybe the time off, he gets to refocus. Fine. Jamar Chase playing out of his mind. He's great. Joe Burrow is getting there. He has some, you know, yeah. What? No. Oji, what? Not getting there. He's not. He had one good game. Yet to, to be determined, Hold on. as our friend Andrew would say. Joe, Joe Burrow, I think he's put together three solid, good games. And anyways, John, here's the thing. Okay, offensive line, looking better. Yeah, looking Would better. You know, Antonio I mean, Brown. Now, is, Antonio, is, is Brown coming Orlando back or Brown. what? For Orlando Brown coming back for, uh, for, yeah, he'll uh, be back for the San Francisco. Okay, good. He's been pretty good, John. I mean, we have a respectable. We don't have any you know, disasters on the offensive line. I mean, sometimes Cordell Wilson, maybe, I don't know. but Most of the it's, time, it's Cordell not, Wilson. It's, it's really not that bad. It's it's a respectable top 20 offensive line. Yeah, you, you have two tackles who are playing about the same. They're just, you know, passable quality tackles right now. And I am happy with the offensive line. Yeah, like, I think there's still a unit where, and this is the state of the NFL, you have so much more talented defensive linemen who are athletic mismatches compared to that same caliber of athlete on the offensive line. It's just the nature of it. And you have an athletically limited offensive line for the Bengals who don't get beat a ton when guys are just coming straight at them because that was an issue with Bengals offensive linemen for many years. So they're, they're competent, but they're still susceptible to losing to more superior athletes, and that just has to be expected. It's why Cordell Volson gets bull rushed from time to time. It's why Jonah Williams gets beat inside from time to time. It's why Orlando Brown loses outside from time to time. It's just it's just natural. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, then we have the running game, and then we have... Well, I mean, the two are connected. For some reason, our offensive line has gotten better, but the running game has gotten worse. Explain that to me. I can... Yeah, please do. I feel like I already did. And you did. You said Joe Mixon's head. getting old. You said Joe Mixon's getting old. Not what I said. Um, I said Tyler Boyd was getting old. Tyler I think Boyd the run game. Mixon. 
the run game is limited because it's entirely out of shotgun and there's no outside action going at all. So it's the same two or three inside zone, duo, gap, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just running straight up the middle, essentially. So when you have defensive linemen who are reading their keys, and which means they're reading the initial movements of the offensive linemen, and there is the same movement that they make for like 90% of the times that you run the ball, it is just easier to key in on that attack downhill. It ends up being just four yards, maybe five yards from time to time, three, four yards in a cloud of dust every time. And John, if I may add, running, running back right up the middle. And if I may add, in this last game, uh, there was a time when we it was a third and one, and the, and and Joe Mixon ran, and we couldn't even get one yard. Mm-hmm. He ran exactly the way you said, right out of shotgun, straight through the middle, and it was a mess. It it just needs to be more diverse. You got to be able to get a yard. When you go under center, you can do more. You can run outside zone. You can run wide zone. You can run power. You can run pretty much everything. You don't have to do it all the time. We have to do it enough. So when you do that, then you can also have play action passing, but, just passing like in general. Coach like Zach's got to know that, John. Doesn't he know that? They couldn't. They they couldn't go under center because Burrow couldn't drop back like that. Now he ah. probably can. So they just need to do it more. Okay. Okay. So that's the offense. Defense, John, is coming alive. The linebackers are playing amazing. They're all yeah. over the place. You know the pass rush, John. Wow. I know you talking about the pass rush. I mean, that's end of that game. The Seahawks game. I know they only had three sacks, I think, in the second half. It felt like they had seven sacks. Because they were big sacks. Because they were they sacks were that sacks. changed the game. Yeah. And I think that one, honestly, I think that BJ Hill one, I think that was a forced fumble. I mean, it is, his hand yeah. was not, you know, the ball popped out. So that would be another I did, sack. I did think of that. And the fact that they did recover that on the line of scrimmage. So it literally yeah. just didn't make a difference at all. <laughs> well, it does in the stat sheet. So I say I that's, I mean... But, I mean, John, what is going on? I mean, everybody was saying it's just Trey Hendrickson that's getting generating any sort of pressure. But now, I mean, uh, they're on well, fire. This is the magic of Lou Anarumo, which we've seen from the, from the first year when he was on this, he was coaching this team. Lou Anarumo is brilliant. And he is the, he is the pumpkin spice latte of the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he's the guy who makes you want to get up in the morning and be alive when you, when you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Lou Anaromo is the heart. He's the soul. He's the bone marrow of this team. And that John. is my horoscope. John. Two. Wow. The Bengals had a really good matchup this game. Seahawks had two backup offensive linemen at least in there. You said it's usually just been Trey Hendrickson and no one else. Well, yeah, that's true. It used to just be Trey Hendrickson. And he's great. He wins a lot of one-on-ones. He gets a lot of sacks, so he finishes a lot of his pressures. It's still hard to generate a consistent pass rush when it's just one guy. And it wasn't on Sunday. It was four starting defensive linemen who recorded at least six pressures in a game. It's only happened four times in the past four years. Seahawks right tackle and their left guard got abused pretty much all game. B.J. Hill, Sam Hubbard, D.J. Reader, they all had really good games. Yeah. And, so, and, and, yeah. and how do you think it's going to look against the San Francisco 49ers? A lot tougher. Well, I mean, Trent Williams could be out. We don't know. Yeah. John, so we're going to be facing the Brock Purdy. He's like the number three quarterback in the entire NFL. I mean, statistically, he's doing pretty well. But I mean, they could be out. They could be without uh, CMC, as they say, John. He could be out. We don't know. He has a obliquu. Uh, that oh is, my gosh! Not an obliquu. Yeah. So it's very, very no. unfortunate. But okay, okay, John. 
uh, I want to talk about the secondary because I really like Cam Taylor Britt. I like his style. And we fans have been talking about DJ Turner being yeah. very athletic, looking very good out there. And now the whole NFL world is talking about this guy as one of the best corners from the rookie class. I mean, he is, you look at the stats, I know they're limited, John. And we did this. We did this so many times with the different, you know, corners that we drafted. Who was that one guy that we had uh, that um, he went to Washington? He had that really great second year and then, you know, he disappeared. So, I mean, we, we like to get into the PFF stats a little too early. But DJ Tiener, the Turner, he looks like a natural athletic yeah. NFL corner. Yeah, he's good. Were you just bringing up John Ross talking about cornerbacks? No, no, no. The the cornerback that we I forgot his name. Sydney he had Jones. The long arms. No, no, no. The guy that we had, and then he left, and he was very mad at the Bengals, and then he wasn't William very Jackson. good. Yeah, I was gonna say William Jackson. So he had those amazing stats. Remember his second year? We kept talking about. Oh, he's like only fourteen percent, whatever this and that. But he, but that was different. William Jackson never looked like athletically. Like the speed, he was always catching up with guys. But DJ Turner looks like, yeah, the real deal. DJ Turner has played more snaps this year than uh, Chidobe Awuzie. Yeah, and the difference in passer rating that they've allowed is stark. DJ Turner has allowed a passer rating forty two point four compared to Awuzie's one hundred fifty point five. Hold on, Awuzie. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. He's, he's still coming back from the knee injury. Yeah, and I know, I know, like. um and what before the draft, there was this argument that I ran into a lot about how it's a waste of a pick for the Bengals to take a cornerback in the first two rounds this year when he's just cornerback number four. Now, we didn't know that Uzi was obviously going to have a back injury that completely limited him in this game and and was still we didn't know for sure if he was still not going to be 100 percent from the ACL, but that was a definite possibility. And the Bengals have relied on cornerback depth incredibly the past two or two to three years. And now DJ Turner has the seventh most snaps out of all 33 rookie cornerbacks and has just been not allowing any separation. Yeah. Quarterbacks aren't really targeting him because he's just not giving up any any space. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. will get back to form and we'll have a great third corner with some veteran experience. So I mean, secondary again is a strength. I think Dax Hill has been very physical. He's been very good. The only thing Dax we're missing Hill's is awesome. that. We're just missing the Jesse Bates, the patrolling, the guy who's all over the place. We, we're missing that. But no, I, I think Dax Hill is on his way to being that. Like, yeah. like how, how do you evaluate him? You know, he. I like Dax Hill as he's a very he's a gadgety kind of all over the place type of guy. But gadgety I sounds like, derogatory. No, no, a gadget. A gadget. Uh, you know, like Inspector Gadget is is one of the yeah. But like a gadget player is someone who's like. Like, like labeled as like oh he can't do everything he can only do like one or two things and like and like a pinch no Dax Hill can do everything and he makes the highlight plays when he's near the line of scrimmage and maybe get into the backfield but when he's in deep center field as like a post yeah. safety he has that range and I think he's got the confidence too so I I really like just watching him move around he's just a different athlete yeah. than pretty much anyone the Bengals have aside from DJ Turner I like him John. I don't. I, I, I'm taking it that John has another sit down with Dax Hill coming up because he's very defensive. But Dax Hill is great. We love him. Come on our show, Dax. Okay, John. 
I feel like that is uh, basically all we have, and next week we can get more into the 49ers game. Is there anything I'm missing here? No. What what do we watch in the bye week? Good answers. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just take a break. I think we need a break, guys. I feel like we haven't yeah, had we're a doing break too in a while. Yeah. yeah, I'm worn out. All right. And this is all I do all week. Yeah. Well, that is all we have. So we will see you next time. So long, sweetie. Sweetie, bye. Bye. Z- Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.